Welcome to Axios Parada, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be bold, venture wisely. I'm Dan Mac. On today's show, Elon Musk makes a big promise and Mayor Pete gets a bit less friendly with big tech. But first, the next Fox News. So later this week, Disney is expected to announce the winner of an auction for a group of regional sports networks that it's selling as part of an agreement with the U.S. government. Basically, this is how Disney got approval to buy 21st Century Fox's entertainment assets last year, despite already owning ESPN. Anyway, bidders for all or part of the package include Major League Baseball, Amazon, and a group put together by Ice Cube. That ice cube. But the current frontrunner reportedly is Sinclair Broadcasting, the right-wing local TV group that just last year was prevented from buying Tribune Media due to allegations of lying to the FCC and acting in bad faith with the Tribune board. At the time, there was widespread media speculation, including here at Axios, that Sinclair was effectively finished as a major market player. And we had three reasons. So first, it could have regulatory difficulty getting any new deal approved, given its past behavior. Two, there was some possibility it could lose its broadcast licenses. And three, even if one or two didn't come to pass, who would want to do business with a company that had acted as Tribune claimed, quote, belligerently? The answer to all three, or at least to Disney, may be that time heals all wounds, and not even that much time either. And it matters because Sinclair wants to do much more than just broadcast local news and baseball games. It wants to become a national political news and commentary player, rivaling Fox News for conservative viewers. Recently, it's added on-air talent like Fox vets Eric Bowling and James Rosen, plus former CBS newser Lara Logan, who will spend three months filing reports about the U.S.-Mexico border. In short, Sinclair has ambition, a decent amount of cash, and might have pulled the anchor off its neck. If so, Fox News needs to worry about much more than just CNN and MSNBC. In 20 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios media reporter Sarah Fisher. But first, this. Bridgebank believes in the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors, those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. That's why Bridgebank has been dedicated to providing financial solutions to sponsor-backed emerging technology and growth companies for nearly two decades through its national network of banking teams and offices. Bridgebank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridgebank, be bold, venture wisely. We're joined now by Axios media reporter Sarah Fisher. So Sarah, Sinclair last year was blocked from buying Tribune Media by the FCC. Why in theory would it be allowed this time to buy this giant package of regional sports networks from Disney? Exactly. So the FCC blocked that merger in sort of an embarrassing way for Sinclair. And we talked to analysts and we said, look, do you think they have a chance of getting this passed through given the regulatory attitude towards them? And what we're hearing is yes. And the reason is because Sinclair might be a hot button company, but they're not trying to expand at this point around news operations. What they'd be expanding their empire around would be regional sports broadcasting networks. And by the way, those are cable networks. So you don't even need FCC approval to get them. You just would need approval from the DOJ. Okay. So you have a regional sports broadcaster, right? That broadcasts the local baseball team and maybe the local basketball team, right? And a couple local college teams. But that is relatively small amount of actual guaranteed programming. Is there anything that would stop Sinclair from putting political broadcasting on the rest of the day? I think that they'd have to talk to regulators about it, to be honest. I do think that even though the FCC wouldn't be the people that would be in charge of whether or not this goes through, you could 
wouldn't just switch a regional sports network to becoming political programming for the sake of consumers. So I think that would be one hurdle. The other is that Sinclair has just launched its free streaming service called Stir. It's free and it's ad supported. And I think for them, they do want to include local sports content as a part of it. So it might not be in their total interest to be gutting it with political programming from that perspective. So do you think, does Sinclair view the sports regional networks really as a potential cash cow for them? Or do they view it kind of as a toehold to basically get viewers or get people who don't know what Sinclair is to maybe bring them onto that streaming service and then sample other sorts of programming? Oh, definitely the latter. I think that anyone would be a fool to think that these would be cash cows. I mean, Disney originally planned to sell these regional sports networks that they had gotten through its merger with Fox for roughly $20 billion. We know that they had sold off one already, Yes Network, but they are were looking for a lot more money and it's reportedly going to be sold to Sinclair for about $10 billion. So these cable networks have really lost their value. I would not expect Sinclair to think that this is going to be some huge financial gain, but the upside for them, as you said, is reputational and access to a different kind of programming which could widen their audience. They're basically going to try to take on Fox News going into the 2020 election. It's the same uh, viewer group, the same viewer demographics. What's the argument for why they're going to be able to make inroads there? Fox is a very, very strong player. Fox is a strong player, but most people get their news from local news. And most people trust local news over national news, national broadcasts, or over national cable. So they definitely have a trust factor that's going for them. What they've decided to do is they don't have a national cable network. They wanted to- Which they could have gotten through the Tribune media deal, but didn't happen. Exactly. They wanted to get their hands on WGN, but they couldn't. So what they've done instead is they've taken a bunch of old Fox broadcasters. So Eric Bowling, James Rosen, Sebastian Gorka, who was a Fox News contributor, and they've signed them on to Sinclair so that even if you are getting a local Sinclair station, you're going to get syndicated programming from these Fox stars that you're used to. So I think that'll help them compete in some ways for that Fox News audience. Is there any reason to believe or to not believe that they're going to continue doing that? There's obviously some big name former Fox News hosts. Bill O'Reilly is the most obvious one that Sinclair wouldn't be able to get them, particularly perhaps to put them onto their streaming service. Yeah, I think the streaming service is a good point. You want to have as many personalities as you can on there in order to lure customers. Look, Fox News also launched a streaming service, Fox Nation, with Tommy Loren and other people. So you can see why they'd want to learn more personalities. When it comes to your question of can they, I mean, we do know that some people are still lurking out there that need jobs. Megyn Kelly is a great example. There have been reports that she's looking for a sort of conservative broadcaster to potentially pick her up. We know Greta Van Susteren just went to gray television, so she's out of the mix. But there's going to be a lot of people who are looking for work leading up to 2020. And I can't see any reason why Sinclair wouldn't be interested. Disney has not yet officially said Sinclair is the winner. Ironically, the news outlet that first reported this was Fox Business News, that Sinclair was the front runner. And so let's play hypothetical here. If Sinclair loses this, if it loses it to the Liberty Media slash Major League Baseball thing or to Ice Cube, which would be a kind of fun piece of embarrassment for them. If Sinclair was to lose the regional sports networks, can it still do what it wants on the political side? Or is that a bit let's not call it a death blow because we thought Tribune Media might be a death blow, a, a major, major stumbling block? Yeah, well, I mean, regional sports networks come up every so often, so there could be another opportunity in the future. As far as it goes for expanding their local news broadcasting presence, I think that will be a much tougher regulatory sell. I mean, you and I covered this when the Tribune merger first fell through. People in Washington don't necessarily trust that Sinclair is going to be acting fairly when it comes to expanding their news operations. So I wouldn't expect them to have luck there. But on the sports side, if another regional sports network were to ever come up, Maybe they could take a shot at that. 
Sarah Fisher, Axios Media Reporter, thanks so much for joining us. My final two, right after this. With offices in tech hubs throughout the country, including San Francisco, Boston, Atlanta, and now Seattle, BridgeBank continues to meet the innovation ecosystem wherever it thrives. And through its teams focused on technology and life sciences companies and the equity investors who fuel them, BridgeBank delivers a responsive, high-touch client experience. BridgeBank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is Elon Musk, who yesterday said that Tesla will have a network of robo-taxis on the road by next year, at least in some jurisdictions. This basically would work a bit like UberX, except Tesla owners won't actually ferry people around. Instead, they'll be able to put their cars on the robo-taxi network and then let that car do the work while the human is at the office or at a party or asleep in bed. Is there skepticism? Sure, all sorts of it, particularly given Musk's past penchant for overpromising, not to mention all of the technical and regulatory challenges. But it is certainly a shot across the bow of other automakers, not to mention of Uber, which next week will begin pitching its IPO to prospective investors. And finally, presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg said during a CNN town hall last night that current antitrust law is antiquated when it comes to big tech. This is similar to what he told me in a Pro Rata podcast last month, except that this time he put more meat on the policy bones, saying that the Federal Trade Commission should be given the authority to block or reverse past mergers by big tech companies, even if that behavior doesn't necessarily result in higher prices for consumers. That matters because companies like Facebook and Google have largely avoided antitrust rules because their services are free, thus stepping over one of the two current legal tripwires. Now, Buttigieg didn't actually name any specific examples nor explain how he'd unwind an old merger, particularly one that's years old. But this is the latest in a steady Democratic Party retreat from their Silicon Valley benefactors. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great national picnic day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.